Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. And with us right now, Tony Banta. Tony, up in Pennsylvania, you're the managing partner, CEO, founder of Venture Greatly, and you are the host of the Client Whisperer Show. And that's found on the web at clientwhisperer.show. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to see you, Josh. Well, Tony, I'm excited to talk about uh, working with clients, uh, and um, I know we have um, some sh- definitely some shared connections, and uh, I think we just discovered that we're already actually working together. <laughs> That's always a nice surprise. <laughs> it is a nice surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Explain a little bit about uh, the Client Whisperer Show and the work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Um, so. Uh, the title, the client whisperer, grew out of of uh, sort of the last uh, the last eight years or so, uh, the coaching and being on the inside of over a thousand client businesses. You know, seeing their data, seeing what you know, seeing what works, seeing what really doesn't work, mm. um, seeing the dirty little secret, which is most most courses and the, you know, that's even grown into uh, the coaching, consulting, high ticket programs don't work. And they don't not work because there's something wrong with the person who's running the program. I know this is, this is like the least positive like intro that we could possibly, I'm shattering everyone's dreams. You're probably a failure is basically what I'm saying. And you uh-huh. don't, I'm not you, the person listening. And it's, but it's not your fault. No, 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 not the, the person. Other people, other people are failing, right? <laughs> sure, sure. That's a good spin. Yeah. <laughs> it is the... The, you know, this is the thing about it, though, and and this is some of why the, you know this is some of why I don't think it helps to sugarcoat some of this. Is mm-hmm. that the the really good people know that this is true and it weighs on them. Mm-hmm. The, you know, every client that they have that they know could be a great success story that like accepts the like dot dot dot. The, the you know that is something that like weighs in the back of their mind. In some cases, it just weighs on them and they try and overgive. In some cases, it weighs on them and it sabotages their sales results, their marketing efforts, their things like that, because they don't want more clients if the, you know, if it's only going to result in um, the, you know, a 50-50 chance whether the client is mm. upset because they didn't get the outcome. And the thing that I want to say more than anything and, and rip the scab off right away is like, one, you're not alone. You know, these are the industry stats. Oh, of, sure. But like things like under 30% client success that, you know, across even highly rated programs mm-hmm. that, you know, once you go into, you know, courses and other things, the number, you know, that number oh, just pff, drops through the floor. Courses, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> and that, you know, you are not alone. And secondly, the it is not your fault. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's not your responsibility or that there aren't things that you can do that can make your life and running your business dramatically easier and make your clients, you know, love you and respect you, whether they get results or not. Yeah. 
Well, I'm excited to hear well, how, do, how do we do better? First off, before we get into that, um, just because yeah. I want to diss on courses just a little bit more before we... <laughs> Let's do it. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let's dunk. So, uh, you know, these automated, you know, and and again, this kind of this concept. Um, and I think a lot of folks have come into you know a dose of reality just because selling courses just by themselves very difficult today, and statistically, the consumption rate is just so low in terms of like the yeah. completion. Um, and then you know, just you know, I think we've all purchased a course at some point in our lives. And if we do the, you know, the analytics on our own behavior, did it really make the impact that we needed? And, and I would argue that it's, it's, it's pretty meager, um, just courses by themselves without any sort of community or support or handholding or coaching or that sort of thing. Um, yeah, go, go ahead. That That's me kind of punching the, Kind of the course world. I'll have you at it now. I'm I'm just like for tag team wrestling. I just tagged you in. Ladies and gentlemen, here comes Tony. Oh, he's got the chair. Yeah. Uh, if I had slightly more energy, Josh, I'd pick up the chair behind me and actually uh, the you know like act that one out. The you are so you know you are so right. And the the same problem that exists inside of courses extends into higher ticket programs in mm. so many cases, even done for you services. It The same trend and the reasons why they don't work bleed into those other areas. Mm. The, and the trend is the, the sale, and I'm going to blame the entire, the entire industry that we're in for, you know, just a little, for like, for just a moment, but like this broad, <laughs> the super broad world of, uh, you know, like online marketing and selling the, 90% of all the emphasis, maybe more, is put on how you get clients. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation stops. But like then people, sometimes 5%, 8% of the conversation is on how you upsell clients you know, after you have them. But you know, even that is minuscule compared to the, you know, all of the effort, put on, uh, the effort put on getting clients. And the reality is, you know, businesses, and you've been that you know you are a seasoned you know seasoned business person. You know this. I know a lot of your listeners that you know know this as well. The that you can never count on one area of your business or one department. If you think about it, like a, you know, like a corporate. My background is in corporate consulting. The the which is useful, and I'm still getting over some of the trauma, to be honest. But mm-hmm. the the. the um, the, the, like you can never put all the emphasis on just one department. Like a business isn't, that's not what makes a business. A business is an ecosystem that's alive. And the sale only works if you fulfill on the value promised. Yeah, right. And the, so many people are dropped into these roles that, you know, and there are all kinds of programs out there that are, you know, that are, I mean, I've, that you know, that like I've run the client success departments of some of them that you know tell people, hey, you can quit your job, it's okay, and start a business. Mm-hmm. But then, where's the help? Where's the training? Where's the conversation for what they do when they actually get a client? And the, you know, the, the, like that's where so much of the you know so much of the difficulty comes in. Same thing's true with courses, right? So, so much emphasis on and some phenomenal people, right? Like I'm not that you know as we dunk on the industry a little bit that you know some of the, the you know there are some phenomenal teachers and coaches and consultants in this space and a lot of them you know listening right now I'm sure the and uh, and many more who are super well meaning 
And the, but the, you know, what training does someone have in designing curriculum that makes a difference when they go and sell a course? Well, well, I mean, today, most people that sell courses haven't even built the course yet. Like they're mm-hmm. waiting until people sign up for them to even for them to even record the first video. And I'm not even suggesting that that's a bad thing. I'd probably suggest if a friend came to me, I'd probably suggest that too. But there is still the question of how do you know that what you're going to do is going to get results? Yeah. And behind that door are some scary answers that take time so that you can actually build a business. Yeah. So what do we do? <laughs> Great question. So it's a feedback loop that, you know, like number one that, you know, just to like super, super simplify all of this is it's a feedback loop. The sale, crazy important, but like, mm-hmm. right. Because if there's no sale, there is no, there is no business. That is, that is 100% true. The, but that's only the beginning of the feedback loop. That's only the beginning of the loop that says, Hey, I have somebody that's willing to put their money on the line to get a transformative result. And, and uh, the, when that's where the conversation stops or most of the emphasis stops, the feedback loops, the feedback loops broken. And there's very little data that then travels back around to make the business better in a meaningful way. The, the, the way to not break that is the actually asking the tough question would be the first step that I would say mm. of looking at every one of the clients the and comparing it to the aspirational results in our marketing. That's not the end of the story, by the way. That's not the last number. That number like might scare some people. It's why most people don't actually calculate that number. Uh, but it's by no means the you know where the conversation should stop. That's where it should start, because inside of that are usually a couple of the usually a couple of uh, cohorts um, that kind of make up that number. So if we just take an industry statistic of highly rated programs, so these are the you know, seven-figure programs and beyond that consistently have the you know, very high ratings, um, very high satisfaction levels, the, cl- the level of client success that's reported is still 30%. And that's mm. the fascinating part, right? So if we break that down of the 70% that didn't get the results or they didn't get the success that they were hoping for, what makes up that 70%? It's usually about three cohorts there's a percentage of people in there who just weren't willing to do the work. These are the people that sign up for the gym membership and never go, right? Mm -hmm. And there are some things that you can do to affect that number, but it's a pretty low low leverage number because there will always be people who buy the gym membership and don't go to the gym. There will always be people who want the result. They're willing to even throw money at the result, but they're not willing to to the, you know, get really honest with themselves about the changes that they need to make or make the time or the space inside of their lives or business. The second cohort that we see are the folks where it is um, the people for whom they tried, but they could not get out of their own way. Mm. And usually what we see there is it's a leadership issue. It's like it's an issue of they didn't get the leadership and the coaching through the process that they needed. They didn't get the necessary support. You know, things came up for them. They didn't know how to contextualize those things. They didn't know how to think about those struggles. I'm sure that that you know you've seen it in the you know, in podcasting. People that that like just like scare themselves. They scare themselves out of the thing that they the thing that they want. The thing that they could be great at. They just have to walk through that period of being new and sucking, you know, if we're going to be completely honest. And yeah. then there's the third cohort, that, like, which are the people where they genuinely give it their all, 
but the tactics that we teach just don't work for them for some reason. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is a hotbed of innovation if we can separate that group from the other two, because the people that aren't willing to do the work will always blame it on the program, right? They'll always yeah. blame it on the, I'm still fat because I, I never went to your gym. How dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that is, as, as preposterous as that sounds, that will always be there. And it can sound very similar to that last group where they genuinely did everything, but there's a need for the curriculum, the tools, the tactics to be innovated. And there are, you know, there are phenomenal people that are willing to, you know, work with you to create, to, to actually create even more and better IP for you and for your business. So do we want to, uh, as, as owners of programs, consultants, coaches, et cetera, do we want to, what, what work can we do to identify which of those three buckets, those three initial buckets that they might be in, or is it going to be obvious I think it depends. I think it depends how intimate of a relationship you have, right? Mm-hmm. The you know you um, if you take a, if you take a business where you're talking to your clients in uh, in an intimate way, like it doesn't need to be one on one. It could be in a group context, but where you're looking them in the eye and you're seeing them on a regular basis, then you might be able to tell. That, like you mm-hmm. might be able to you know honestly tell. It should also be said that just because there are those three cohorts doesn't mean that two things aren't true at the same time. You know, it doesn't right. mean that, you know, people don't sometimes exist, right? That someone's a little bit of a victim and they're a little bit stuck in their own way, but mm-hmm. the, you know, they might be a victim because, or they might be showing up as a victim and the, because they, um, because they, they feel down, they feel down that they've tried something. I saw someone in a weight loss program once, um, the, you know, this was a, a you know, diet, you know, like a diet nutrition, you know, sort of program, one of the, you know, one of the big pain points that we see in the marketplace. And um, this client had literally tried everything. They had food journals. And, and if you see that space, right, you know, no one fills out their food journals, like 1% fills out their, you know, fills out their food journals or like their homework that's assigned. Cause it's, it's the last thing we want to do. Like we're like having a hamburger. We're like, ah, I should have ordered the salad, but I got the fries. I'm not mm-hmm. putting it on the food journal. Right. And then we just put it off. And this is, this is what, this is what everybody does. So, so we saw this client, right? Everything down to the letter. They tracked everything. They showed up on all the calls and they still sounded that, you know, victimy. Well, underneath a lot of it, that like they had a major hormone imbalance, had nothing to do with the program, right? Like had the, like they could have followed that program for the end of days. They needed to see a doctor. They needed to get the hormone balance. The, like they needed to get that thing fixed. They needed to get that problem changed. With the program that we were looking at in this instance, it really informed their ability to put pre-screenings in place mm-hmm. to look at, hey, have you ruled these things out? And then the secondary screening that they don't send to everybody, but if it's starting not to work, a secondary screening of questions that they can ask to say, hey, I just want to follow up with you to see the, the like, could some of these things be true? Because then, you know, this is not the right program for you and we want to send you a referral somewhere else. Mm. And it's that willingness to, to have the one-on-one conversation, but then in a scaled example of having those screenings in place, because you can't scale having someone that knows as much as you, the leader, the expert, that, you know, you can't scale if you're the one that has to look every client in the eye to know that they're getting results. So you, so you let that data inform the system that then screens those things and then prevents 
that you know that, that prevents those last two groups who are genuinely trying from struggling and not getting the results that they want. Yeah. So um, in a, creating a great culture then where you're working with the willing, right? And you, uh, it, it sounds like, you know, a big part of ensuring the success of those who want to be successful and are willing to put in the work, uh, you know, maybe, you know, as we're consulting with them on a regular basis to say, listen, you have a perspective that I just don't have, right? Um, what do you need right now? Or what, what are your ideas on how we could be more successful right now? And then being willing to listen. I would imagine that's a big part of this when you're talking about the feedback loop, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really interesting. You know, we could spend, uh, the, you know, we could do an entire masterclass, uh, Josh, on the ways to ask those questions to get, mm-hmm. to sidestep the ego and <laughs> to get the real answers, right? Because yeah. like when we're filling out a survey, like, the, like our ego is in full force, the, you know, know. saying, yeah. the, you know, who we, we want to be. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, listen, I, I think that there's, I think it's so refreshing and I feel like there's so much power to saying, look, business owner to business owner, obviously this is what I do. You know, we have a client coach relationship here, but you're in business for yourself. I'm in business for yourself. So, you know, it's like, um, you know, I need your perspective, right? Cause I, totally. I just, you know, yeah. I, I, I certainly know what's in my zone of genius, but facilitating that that's, the dance between you and I, totally. you know, and tr- it's the transfer, like, obviously I'm very successful at doing what I teach for myself. Yeah. I want to make what I want for you is incredible results. And yeah. so sometimes my own genius gets in the way. So I'm, I'm a great practitioner, but help me to be a great facilitator here. And so I survive, you know, like we're going to thrive. We're going to have a, an amazing relationship based on your ability to point out opportunities for improvement. And if we truly believe, right, that uh, I was just um, in the book, Think Again, best book I've, mm-hmm. I've read all year so far, um, but creating that culture of learning, is totally. so vital. And the totally. moment we think we have it all figured out, yeah, good night, Louise, man. It's <laughs> famous last words. Without a doubt. And the, you know, that is an uncommon level of of humility. I certainly, you know, I would certainly agree that, you know, that's a beautiful that you know way to frame that. I I would say one thing that is really important for the people who 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 would be willing to you know be that honest and vulnerable with their clients and that one thing is it is critically important for you to balance that with the boundaries around client responsibility so the boundaries around mm. whose responsibility is it to get results and communicating those because that's the space in which if that's not clear that you know what those things are and you're willing to be vulnerable. In fact, I think that's why most of the, you know, we'll call them the, I saw um, a, uh, some posts go viral um, a year or two ago, um, the slaying the kind of culture of the marketing bros. Oh, and I think oh. that's how a lot of the marketing bros got that way is yeah. that they had to learn not to care and to put on the facade because oh. of that lack of boundary that's underneath that, that says, 
hey, I need that information, right? This mm-hmm. is not a perfect program, but it is the best one that we've, it's the best one that we know how to build and we're making it better every day and we need your input and we can never confuse who's responsible for your results. You're responsible for your results. We're responsible for leading you there. And if you create that, if you create that boundary, powerful things happen. I I can absolutely see that. Tony Banta, your podcast is the Client Whisperer Show. You put out a bunch of episodes. Are you on hiatus right now or you got some episodes coming? The, we are. The, we, are on a, we are on hiatus this year. Um, if the, as we, if the most of our episodes are, uh, um, are uh, evergreen. The, you know, we teach eternal oh, principles. Yeah. Uh, the, and we're going to be resuming it in the fall um, for, another, for another season. So uh, stay tuned for that. Fantastic. Anything else that folks should look for who, uh, who really like the cut of your jib and want to uh, increase the, uh, or, or kind of engage at the next, whatever that next level of relationship is. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, you know, I would say that the, the biggest thing that I would want someone to look for is really inside of themselves and inside of their program with the question of how can this be better? And mm-hmm. the, like, if you, so if you find, if you find some answers to that, and if you want to, if you want to that, you know, chat with us or that, you know, sign up for our, the sign up for our email list and subscribe, you know, I would love to uh, see you and to continue the conversation over there. All right, Tony Banta, thank you so much for joining us. Again, clientwhisperer.show or in most podcast directories, just search for client whisperer and you'll pop yep. up. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag up my influence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.